Welcome back to part 2 of episode 17 with Curly from Islet. In this section we'll take a deeper dive into their record making process and then we'll hear Curly's picks for this week's playlist. Sit down and soak it up. Yeah, right. So and then, well, first the early albums because you like a quite quick succession from like gigging loads. You had two albums in quick succession, and then on the release front, obviously they were released off Shape, right? <laughs> and then almost like a self-release type thing. Am I yeah. to my understanding? Yeah. Okay. And then your next album was for another seven years. Yeah. Twenty twenty. So what 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 did you do in that time? Why and why was that like just so long? Um, uh, well, like, real quick answer, it's just like, um, We don't kids, need a quick answer. Life. Um, life, <laughs> life happens kind of thing. Um, Mark and M's in the band are a couple. Yeah. And then they started making lovely, lovely babies. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so they started, um, enhancing the populace. Um, <laughs> uh, and so that greatly kind of, um cuts into your kind of abilities um, to kind of do band stuff. And we were also at a point where we were all kind of burnt out from playing constantly live, like a lot kind of thing. It really... Because it was relentless. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure that, that there are so many more bands that do loads more as well. And wow. Like... <laughs> that's amazing. Like any band that's managed to like like stay past five years of constant touring, are a, a, a breed upon themselves. Like is wow, that constant touring, purely touring, because you guys are like still working jobs, right? Yeah. While you're doing this like yeah. heavy touring schedule, so it's not, totally. It's not even like you can just commit to sleep in the van every day, play all night, yeah. sleep in the van, like. You still got to turn up to work and yeah, <laughs> so we're yeah. kind of working it around. So that's even harder than just touring straight for five years and not you know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it yeah definitely is, but then also kind of like also because of that, you've got the limitations of that. Like you have to be, we we would we would kind of cram everything into these like kind of like couple of months. And then we'd like play like as many shows as we could in those couple of months. And then we'd have like a bit where we'd go back to jobs and then you'd work the job and then you'd get, get ready for the next kind of like set of shows. And then you'd like cram as many set of shows as you can in into that kind of like vibe. So you do kind of cut away from the monotony of just playing go- gigs every night. Because as much as, because when I was a kid and I'm like falling in love with the idea of being in a band, the absolute perfect idea of being in a band is just to be like a live band you get to like all you do is go to a new town you play in front of people you don't know um and then you go to the next town and you play in front of people you don't know and that's like that it seems like such a wonderful way of being kind of thing and such an interesting idea of like how to spend your time and how to do things what happens when you do that for a while is that like it all becomes kind of the same thing and that like it's the monotony like all everyday life is as soon as you start doing anything for so long like you find out that like there's a, a monotony and a repetition to everything in life that we are constantly kind of like aware of and that 
a lot of the time just kind of being in a van for six hours of the day and then turning up to like a kind of like a, 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 a building and then putting stuff in the building, setting up a gig, playing a gig, taking the stuff out of the building, being in the van, yeah. going and falling asleep and then doing that again and again and again. Isn't as exciting as you would think. Like <laughs> it kind of loses a lot of its sheen like after a bit and it's still super cool and anytime that like you ever get to be in a touring band people's out there always do it because it's super fun but there is a point where like you kind of just wish for anything else other than that because you just feel like there's this 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 kind of horrible momentum of just like and you don't get to do anything you don't get to see anywhere and you don't get to meet anyone Mm. and everything is so rushed and so kind of stressful and like it's all kind of a blur that's the really bad side of touring which everyone who has been in a like you know will have felt kind of thing a little bit or a lot of kind of thing and we definitely felt that a little bit and then there was we love it and like I, I've absolutely nothing but fond memories of all of the times that we were super busy as a band but there was definitely a point where you're like ooh it'd be nice to not have to do like um to just swap it up a bit kind of thing and to kind of do that. And so when we kind of, when we were found, when we, when, when we all kind of found out that like Mark and Ems had started to put legends into the world that didn't <laughs> exist um, ordinarily, um, it was kind of at the right time for us all to be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, um, because yeah. we'd have all just gotten kind of crazy or, or, or what, it, it, you know, you need to refresh things like, in everything sense of life and that was definitely a moment of like refresh also stuff like that then stuff like that happening right is what now has allowed Isaac to actually continue to nearly be in existing for 10 years absolutely at this point so if you didn't have that break you could have burned out and then everyone would fall out and then the band ends absolutely yeah Yeah, absolutely like it's, it's a wonderful thing and it's actually made the being in the band like a million times more interesting to me personally because we then kind of like rather than being a band that would say yes to every single gig we then went to be in a band where it was like we're only going to say yes to the gigs that sound super interesting and yeah. that we're going to be a band that can kind of um, make stuff and play in front of people when we can and we're going to enjoy it and we're all going to be like fully present and 100% into the idea of like when we're that when we're doing this we're doing this kind of thing and that is wonderful because every creative act needs kind of um either self-imposed or like societally imposed borders to kind of like push against and to figure out what you actually are and so for us as a band I have never enjoyed being in the band more than when we've had kids in the band because it's it makes everything make sense in a way mm-hmm. because like now like being in the band island is also being knowing that you're a part um cook you're part child carer you're part <laughs> like cleaning up after things like not like you know like but whereas before i was kind of like oh, okay i'm like the kind of i'm kind of play the bass a lot and i'll move the bass out most of the time and like that's my roles and stuff like that like my life is way more enriched because of the kids um and now when we record records like the last record we just made we recorded in mark and Emsy's little cottage in the back room and we would do it where like someone would be looking after the kids and then two peeps would be in the room recording and then we'd swap oh, and one like that. Oh. And so there's a real beautiful 
kind of symmetry to the whole of our lives that include the band being a major force of positive for it and whereas before it was just like we're just kind of like this weird band that goes out and like kind of um plays a lot of shows now the band makes loads of sense to me like kind of feel like it's a part of my life mm-hmm. in terms of that everything about my life is rooted in the experiences and the possible future experiences that the band has and so like you know like the 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 two kids that we have as part of Islet are as much part of Islet in my head as I am like because like they need to be taken care of like we need to make sure like that they are cool to be able to make anything cool and if they're cool then we could possibly make something cool um and that's a wonderful thing it's like, community uh, family purpose isn't it yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Was, did that did that Seems an obvious question. Did that like inform the sound of the rec- this latest record? Mm-hmm. When you listen back to it, are you like so many nuanced things that are informed by the experience everyone's had in those seven years. Massively, yeah, yeah, yeah totally, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we, you know, we 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 had come at it from a different angle in terms of you know such a long period of time, and it's a completely different set of situations and emotions and kind of everything that builds into an album like so yeah it was it was completely informed of that way of being that yeah definitely because this new album i let yeah as opposed to i list the name of the the album yeah spelled e-i-e-y-e and then you're spelled i-s-l-e-t that's right so but that was also nominated for the worst music award right indeed yeah yeah so like you know nine on you know, two of your three albums have been nominated for awards and stuff like and yet that sound progression of time difference how sick is like how did that make you feel yeah really nice just like you know just really nice kind of thing because the you know the kind of different bands in the respect of like the i'm too close to being in that kind of thing to be able to have any kind of understanding of what it is actually to me like you know it's like a completely different time it's a completely mm. different set of situations so the fact that we got nominated is just a wonderful f- thumbs up in mm. terms of that like maybe we're, we're still making something but, that's fun but it doesn't really matter to you in the sense that like you're still creating shit that you find interesting yeah yeah shit that's success but it just goes to show how good it is because you're just going in with pure creative freedom and willing to take it in whatever direction it takes but yet it's still getting notable on like a, on a subjective um, framework. Yeah. In a fr- exactly, Tom, subjective man. framework. Yeah. So it just goes to show how, how good that it is that Absolutely. it's noticeable with, with that range of And it features. just goes to show that like anybody can do that. Like, you know, like you can just make whatever you want and it might make sense to other people. <laughs> like, <laughs> then, you know, like that's a wonderful thing and that's, that's a free inspiring thing. to hear. I was going to say this because hearing you say like, oh, it's really nice and like, we're just, you know, we're just creating a record because from the exterior, it's like, oh, twice they've been nominated for the Welsh Music Award. It's like, fuck, these guys really know what they're doing. (laughs) And do you know what I mean? They're like, if if I was a young band, I'd be like, fuck, that's insane. Slightly intimidating. And you're just kind of being like... No, absolutely. And hopefully that's something that we're slowly all kind of dissolving because I remember vividly like so we got to play the South by Southwest Festival 
and um, there used to be in a, Austin, Texas, though, in yeah. Austin, Texas, absolutely. And so before we went out there, kind of thing, though there used to be a guitar shop on St Mary Street called Gamblin's. It's now unfortunately gone. I'm pretty sure, kind of things. So I've walked past there a couple of times in the last couple of months and didn't not see it um, there. But there used to be a person who, who used to work in there who was in another band, and they were a lush legend kind of thing. And they were knew of the band Islet kind of thing, and were kind of like fans. And I'd gone in there to buy some strings or something like that, and this legend was working in there. And, a bassist um, buying strings. I know, right? <laughs> I grew up like boiling my strings kind of thing because I got told that like if you take your bass strings because they're well expensive um, and throw them in a pot of boiling water and then like dry them straight away, you get like another six months of music out of them. Oh my god. I would not suggest peeps do that kind of thing because there is a reason why most of my fingers are ruined and that's because I've been playing shit strings for most of my life kind of thing. Just buy new ones, maybe a bit more often. Um, and so he would be like, so he, he was in the band himself and he like was noticeably when he was like, oh my God, dude, like you're going to South by Southwest Festival in like a couple of weeks time, right? And I'm like, yeah, dude, it's going to be cool. And he was like, oh my God. And I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, hopefully your band will be able to play there sometime soon. And he was like, we're not ready. Like we're not ready for South by Southwest Festival. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you are. If you're able to play in front of anybody, then you are ready to play anywhere. Yeah. Kind of thing like that. Like, And he's just like, no, it's such a, a big showcase. Like, you know, like that will make or break your band kind of thing like that. And I'm a bit flippant with those types of things at the best of times. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, whatever you think is cool. And then, absolutely, I haven't gone to South by Southwest Festival, which was a lot of fun and it was a lovely, lovely thing. You Again, it really just reinforced my idea that it doesn't matter, yeah, like, kind of thing, like, you know, like, the most important thing is to love what you do, and if you can do that more often than not, then you are absolutely a success, and it, you know, don't be afraid, don't worry about anything, just do it, and love it, and then, it, it, you know, whether whether you get to play South by Southwest Festival or not, it really kind of doesn't matter, like, kind of thing, and that's not to put that festival down or anything, but, like, we should be making better understandings of what is successful in terms yeah. of what we are people, what we are making, how we're doing and how we're conducting ourselves. And just like being head billing at V Festival, to me, is not success kind of thing. Although it'd be totally amazing if like a friend of mine band was the, the headline of V Festival, even if that's a festival anymore, I don't even know. <laughs> well, um, but like, you know, like I think we are getting to a point now where we're able to understand the machinations of the industry and the negative and positive aspects. And I think hopefully we're able to then put out there more of the positive aspects of it. And through that, people will less pay attention to the negative aspects that we've built up. Because we don't need them, like, kind of thing, like this idea that, like, you've got to be, like, playing, like, um, massive headline shows um, all over the world kind of thing like that to be a successful band it's just not the way it should be mm, yeah. like there are loads of different ways of success and everything should be like on a kind of individual and collective base and I wouldn't ever stop anyone from having their own idea of it but also like just make it positive like be be cool and I think we can kind of make a new era of 
of of how people see like the creative act kind of thing rather than it being a negative thing because you know like the narrative of like rock music from the beginning is like this tortured genius who's like drunk and on drugs all the freaking time <laughs> who then kills themselves at 27 like that's the worst story ever like I know it makes kind of sense and like people have lived it and they yeah. were cool and made good yeah. records it doesn't make any sense to my life whatsoever nor do I want it to like to my nieces and nephews like I don't want them to grow up to think that that's a cool thing yeah. like that's not a cool thing that's not success like those people were deeply flawed and had massive problems and no, they didn't have the surrounding situation to help them through their problems. Do you think they could have been even better if they did have the help? Because they were obviously like that marvellous artist without sure. that like secure, safe place to be able to express themselves. Mm-hmm. If they had that, where could they have gone? Man, so absolutely. Like I heard a Nirvana tune on the radio the other day, right? Back up. And was like, yo, this song is subjectively brilliant. Like, <laughs> what a chorus. Like, kind of thing like that. And like... What was co- it? It was In Bloom. Oh, like, that's my favourite of ours. What song. a tune! Yeah. I remember learning that on the bass as a yeah. kid, man. Being like, whoa. And you know when you're like, that's all it is. Like, bam! Like, what a tune. And the chorus is phenomenal. And the chorus hasn't really got anything to do with, like, anyone being addicted to heroin or finding social <laughs> yeah. situations difficult. Like, it's just an awesome chorus. Yeah. Like, the flat-out song is amazing. It's got nothing to do with... It's got a bit to do with his pain, I'm sure, because, you know, everything goes through that. But the membranes that make that song incredible aren't all based around negativity. And I think if, like, that person who wrote that song had had a safe space to make billion other records... He would have made some really good tunes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I think it's just, like, fetishism to think that, like, you know, um, tortured souls make these brilliant songs and then they have to kill themselves. Like, I think it's yeah. part of this, like, weird negative narrative that we fall into. Humans because... kind of love heartache as well, though, don't they? Yeah. Like, there's Absolutely. a bit of that, isn't there? There's a bit of, like, if, probably... if he hadn't have died, right, w- 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 would Nirvana yeah, yeah. be as good as they are now look yeah. back to yeah. Leon, isn't it? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Really like voyeuristic, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's weird, right? So yeah, totally. Because, gonna... like, for example, like the Pixies are a band that informed Nirvana of being Nirvana and have carried on in kind of a slightly different game, but like mostly kind of thing like, and they're still playing making music to this yeah. day. Now, the Pixies are an incredible band, but are the Pixies now, like, an incredible band? Is up to you whether you think like that's, like, or not, kind of thing. Well, they know all men with goaties wearing trilbies. Absolutely. (laughs) So, goaties okay, but trilbies not, though. (laughs) A great great example, though, if you had, uh, if the Chilies had died after making Blood Sugar Blood Sugar Sex Magic, you'd have been like, oh, imagine what they could have done. Absolutely. They would have done it. They have done it. So it's like you can... They've John Frusciante survived. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a there's an essence of survival of the fittest in it all as well. Yeah. Keith Richards. Keith, well, right. How the fuck uh, is that man alive? He's the yeah, survival of the freakest. Just fucking. But yeah. But coming 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 like fully back around to you, right? And like and I like in your most recent album. Obviously, that South by Southwest thing is huge. But this is your first album off a record label that wasn't self-released, right? So you, that album was Fire Records. Are you That's still right. with Fire Records? Yes, absolutely, yeah. How, like, that change, like, I know, uh, did that change the process at all? No, I mean, no. Were you still given as much, like, freedom and creative, like, you know? I mean, I, honestly, I think it probably gave us a bit more freedom and creativity just because it's so nice that, like, somebody else came to us and was like, I like your band, 
would you like us to help you be a band? And so, like, in the perfect sense that, like, that's kind of all record labels do, other than being people who manage money. Like, they are people who are really into music, who see what you do as something valid in the world Mm -hmm. and want to help you kind of do that. So the people at Fire were, like, just the loveliest people of all time and were just, like, super kind of, oh, like, let's do something. And then... You're like, okay. <laughs> You're like, okay, you sure? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, okay, cool. And then, and it's just such a wonderful kind of like situation to be part of. Um, and so then because of that, we were, I mean, you know, it's hard to say like how that kind of changed it in terms of, because we had been kind of stumbling through like, you know, the, the, the person being a band is like a really weird situation and we're kind of going through like a bit where we've written a bunch of songs but we weren't really into those songs and we weren't really sure where we were all at kind of emotionally and kind of physically in terms of what we could do as a band and so then what fire did is that they just kind of gave us the situation to be like okay let's just start from now and let's go for what we want to do from now. So we were able to just like kind of scrap everything that we've kind of been working on at that point and we just took that as a new focus. So have you got like, have you got another deal with them or mm. is it like a continue? Like yeah, so it was like deal? a free record deal. Oh, sick. Yeah. Well, yeah. More to come from Isla, so baby. More to come. Yes. Yeah, that's Absolutely. so exciting. So yeah, so we're going to do these next few shows and then we're going to try and um, kind of work out a bit of a recording situation for the end of the summer and then we're going to because we're, we're, yeah, so and then we're going to figure out how, what, how it works. Because we can, because we did the last record, like, in the house, like, in this little back room. And um, the, the engineer who came and, and, and produced it for us would, like, travel down and was part of the family. And it was, like, this wonderful, kind of, really fun how long way did of it being. I didn't take, I mean, actually, it took forever, kind of thing. And, um, <laughs> uh, like... But we, we kind of were thinking about it, it only take a couple of months, but then because we could only do it in like little kind of like um, pockets of time, it ended up stretching out to being kind of uh, like six months um, that I was down in mid Wales to kind of like do it, which was awesome because like, you know, it's a beautiful rural situation. Yeah. I got to, you know, hang out with the kids loads and take walks in the beautiful, beautiful Welsh countryside, um, which I'll cherish for the rest of my life. But actual time making the record was probably about two weeks <laughs> um, maybe three um, yeah. and that's the creativity though yeah. you've got to expose yourself absolutely to next, yeah. the next record yeah. far hearing this and the next record right right we're going to cut right. out the time yeah, right, well right, yes yeah, so no, but we're like we're like thinking like so this next one we're going to do in a studio studio and like we're going to be like the most practice band of all yeah. freaking time to go in there and we're going to absolutely nail it in like two hours and the album's going to be done <laughs> in two hours kind of thing so like although don't record, play yeah that's yeah, yeah that's it that's it boom <laughs> yeah. done no We're engineering like, no production. engineering like, don't nah yeah. man absolutely like that's it kind I of listen, thing yeah I listen to it I mean hopefully it might like so we're going to see so like that's the basic idea of the next record is that we're just going to be like super 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 ready for it go into an actual studio and then not be afraid of it but actually just slam it and then taking it back then obviously like the first two were off shape records does shape records still exist Um, shape is still a thing that exists kind of thing it's morphed into like many different throughout it's kind of like time it's been 
kind of a record label and then the mark uh, also used to put on like loads of gigs and we'd put on like lots of shows around cardiff and then it started doing like management and stuff like that so it's been like many many things but yeah it kind of still it will always exist it almost follows the same pattern of that that islet wants to or is following and does follow in the sense of just creative chaos and inspiration from everywhere sure so they do everything like absolutely you met a, a zine as well right yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally. I mean, so we I had mean, like the, a thing called I mean, the business which we would make like so that was kind of mark and ems's like wonderful little artistic um branch of the band Islet, where they would kind of get together and then make visual interpretations of what we kind of want to be as a band or kind of things that like look um, backwards in time like kind of like documenting a period of time or something like that kind of thing so yeah we've done stuff like that and um and and yeah islet south korea how did that come about and what was it like oh it was class um it came about because there's a great festival called focus wales which happens in Wrexham. And so the crew that do Focus Wales have always been like the most legendary crew of all time and have been just nothing but pure supreme supportive to the band Islet. Like we played it a couple of times. Um, and so basically there's um, many different, like South by Southwest Festival, there are like festivals that happen around the world which are kind of what are considered industry festivals in terms of that it's a festival that was based around and in, in, in the inception of the festival was that like people from the industry would meet together and chat about music and that like and it's one of the most fundamentally interesting and being as a person like growing up as like a weird anti-establishment punk I always thought like you know the record industry is awful it needs to be kind of completely beheaded because it's this like evil capitalist machine of like kind of like horrible kind of like situations and whatnot. And then when you actually see that, like, the people involved in the music industry are just nice people who just really like music and who just kind of want to make... They fall in love with bands and want bands to go and do stuff and be part of the world that they live in kind of thing. Um, it make it definitely changes your, your the idea that I had of, like, what it is to be in the music business kind of thing. And so this was a festival that was based around, like, kind of, like, industry people going to meet and then bands playing for those industry people, just exactly like South by Southwest is. Um, and the good thing with most of these festivals is that like, they normally turn into like fantastic festivals. Like South by Southwest Festival was for the band Islet's career, just a non-starter because nobody who came to saw us like, you know, like was like, oh my God, son, you're the next big thing. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> but we got to play a couple of really good shows in front of like a few people who had a really nice time and it was great and we had a lovely holiday and had a lovely time and like although essentially we could have kind of done an entire tour of Wales and played every single town in kind of Wales for it like which maybe would have been a better usage of our time and kind of like resources it's also just like like, like you know like Sometimes these things are, are like are really nice to do, and so basically, South um, uh, in South Korea, we got to go and play this festival that uh, happens um, as an industry festival. But it was just wonderful because like it's just open to everyone, and uh, it was awesome, just like pure awesome. And we got to see loads of cool bands. How are um, I received there? 
we were received with open jawed gas, <laughs> um, like really nicely. But like we got to go to Japan um, a couple years previous and play in Japan, and that was even more hilarious because like people were like already like so hyped up about the shows that you'd get there and they'd be like wearing like they'd be like waving Wales flags and stuff like that yeah. and just like pure like Beatlemania type of mania like and you'd be like you're like okay cool and they'd heard your songs and they'd do that, that kind of thing and then you'd play and like just the culture of like live shows is completely different country to country yeah. and then people would just be like I don't know what's going on here. They have heard like they're like so religious in their like following a band. Mm. And then when you is it right you play a set and you play a song and then it's like in between songs they're like stone cold silent. Stone cold. And you're just kind of like oh you having did fun. They hate uh, this? Yeah, like yeah. yeah yeah totally. It was like a respect thing, right? Yeah, yeah it's like, an absolute yeah. respect thing. But they're yeah. just silent. Absolute silent. You're like oh my god dude like, nobody in here fuck you thanks for being quiet and like if somebody told you like you're awesome what's up for the quiet and like having that every time but like first you're like oh my god everyone is not into this and like you know like we get in the crowd and have a lovely time like tickling people and stuff like that and then like and people are having a nice time but then also you're just like I hope I'm not disrespecting <laughs> anybody by being right up in their grill kind of thing so swinging us back into fucking today you got a Folds gig pretty sharpish, right? We got or, two. I mean, when this goes two. out to Cardiff, Swansea, Swansea, baby. That's right. Yeah, and when this is actually goes live, going out just a couple After. days before. Yeah, so so okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, well, it depends if the boys get their shit together, but yeah, a couple of days before. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it'll be out a couple of days before. Yeah. <laughs> it's good after now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> boys being us. Yeah, yeah, us three. Not yeah. Foles or Islet. <laughs> or everything, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they're, all, they're all set. How are you feeling about that, man? Real nice. Yeah, because that's this Cardiff Castle set and a Singleton Park set, right? Yes, so that's The Cardiff right. Castle is like a Thursday night, which has got to be one of the biggest. How many people are attending, do you know? I have no idea. Um, well, we've, there's three man. guaranteed. We've yeah, there's three guaranteed, which yeah, is awesome. I, yeah, I won't have a top off. This is a pretty huge show, right? It's, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's kind of castle. Yeah. That, to me, just is like, what the F? Like, um, wonderful people of foes for asking us to do it. And they've always been really nice to us. They've even mentioned us in a couple of interviews, like, way back in the day. It's like bands that they just like kind of thing. And you're just like, no, oh, lovely. Um, yeah, wonderful, wonderful people. Um, I have, you know, I have no idea what to expect because at this point I still don't haven't I've never been I haven't been to a gig I was going <laughs> like, to say what you can expect is an app like a massive amount of hungry fans who are just so excited to be in a row yeah and also just yeah. Into a, like yeah. appetite the atmosphere yeah. like I, I'm excited for the music firstly but the atmosphere secondly is just going to be incredible oh, absolutely like yeah I, I honestly think it's going to be an emotional thing yeah for totally a lot of people there including me because just to See, I haven't seen more than 20 people in a situation kind of thing for a long time. And to even feel any kind of communal vibration towards any sounds being made is... is yeah, I'm just looking forward to be, that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be emotional. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, I just hope we can fix the bass before then. Because <laughs> um, there's a delay on... I hope it's not to do with the truckers being pinged on the <laughs> NHS tracker, but apparently there's a, there's a delay to the order of the bass 
headstock and need that right now. So, I mean, if peeps could sort that out, that'd be amazing. Mate, it will get fixed. Yeah. We will see you shred. We're back into the playlist, Curly. Let's open us up with your first choice. All right. So, my first choice for the playlist, I've gone for a kind of idea, a thematic concept with my choices. Love that. Which is a weird, simple idea of DIY lo-fi recorded beauty. <laughs> right? So, this is to try and kind of give anyone who's listening to it, like, an idea that absolutely everyone should make music. And the reason why everyone should make music is because... If you don't make music, then the interesting types of music that don't get made by the, the slick musicians never gets made. And so we need fully everyone involved in the active participation of making music just so there is an abundance of beautiful music that wouldn't have been created otherwise. And so, because of that, right, there's a band called Penny in the Quarters that were, like, not really even a band. And there's a song called You and Me that they had. And it's part of, like, a three-track demo that they made in the early 70s that got lost and then refound in the 2000s. And they were never a proper band. Um, but the song is beautiful. <laughs> So my song is actually coming off of uh, Dave's new album that came out last week. Uh, the song is called Clash, featuring Stormzy. Um, but yeah, I, I just, yeah, Dave's music is just so important. It's just like such a snapshot of um, of what it's like to be a, a black man in or a black person in the UK and and right now 20, 2020, 2021, with all this happening right now. And um, I think it's just just true true expression of what is happening now. Real showing light is like detracted from the media and all the rest of it. And and I think it's so important this music, the music that Dave Dave is producing, and not a lot of other artists are producing as well. But the way that Dave just delivers it, it just really hammers home and like the the imagery and the picture that he paints is just like undeniable, and it's the truth and. Uh, yeah, I think it's just really, really important music and people should really tune in to Dave and uh, an artist of the such. And uh, yeah, this is a great song and it's one of the highlights of his new album for me. Jordan 4s or Jordan 1s, Rolexes got more than one. My AP costs 31, millimetres 41. Stick, him up with a stick, stick, he do the shorter one. You can't short me one, in a club with the shortest one. Like you, the shortest Rock on, fucking love Curly. Ooh, I'm up again, am I? Okay, right, okay. Um, so, sticking on 
the lo-fi tip. We're going for one of the Mavericks that I uh, uh, expressed adoration for earlier, Daniel Johnston. Now, this is the song Walking the Cow. Now, anyone who hasn't listened to Daniel Johnston needs to just go and listen to Daniel Johnston. This song is a wonderful idea of what makes a Daniel Johnston song so incredible. It's lo-fi to the point of absurd. You can hear him slamming the keys of his organ and it also somehow makes a percussive track. The song is pure genius. There is no effects on it. It's purely just a terrible microphone going into a tape machine with his performance being of it kind of thing. Anyone can do this. Obviously not everyone can write a song as good as Walking the Cow. <laughs> but listen to the song, write your own version of Walking the Cow and go and record it on a tape machine or GarageBand because GarageBand is class. You know? um, so this is Walking the Cow by Daniel Johnston. It's just genius. Yes. Absolutely genius. actually haven't you you've gone for Dave you've actually followed the theme good which is fantastic but yeah, yeah. like I've obviously come in with something a bit more rogue but like it's just one of those um, I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm a huge love fan no like I love love right I love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, no I'm, I'm not a huge love fan but this song just for whatever reason just like the kind of like semi acapella stuff that they've kind of got going on in the harmonies like it's a good tune, isn't it? I don't know. I just I kind of enjoy it straight from the sixties as well. Yeah. Oh my god! When love are on it, stuff. love are incredible. Yeah, right. like they yeah. are like a shot in the arm. Of yeah, fantastic sixties music ideas. Yeah, like wow, bang, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think, so I think the album one. that comes off is probably love's best album. Definitely, but it's not the one that gets the most oh, notoriety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. And interestingly, as well, um, Mac Miller and his posthumous album samples that song. No, no way. Does he? Yeah. Does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Circles. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Knowledge. I've heard this before. Mm. Uh, yeah. How nice is that feeling of recognizing samples? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Makes you feel like a, you know what you're fucking listening to. Absolutely. Wait till we're fucking sixty, boys. then because we've just had a love tune so we're gonna go for this a song a recording by a french actress lady this was in like the early 60s that she recorded this version called jean moreau she was like famous since the 40s kind of thing was been in like every kind of 
um, interest in French film from then on in kind of thing. Um, Orson Welles called her the greatest actress of all time kind of thing. It's a song called Le Tourbillon. Um, I apologise if my French is terrible pronunciation on that. Um, This song is beautiful and it's just basically an acoustic guitar and her voice recorded in like a really fun lo-fi way. Sounds very of the room, really beautiful, just allows the performance to just take full kind of idea. She's got a, a really nice voice, nothing like spectacular, but really makes the song wonderful kind of thing. So, um, yeah, old school um, idea of what it is to make a really simple, beautiful recording. That is it. Elle avait des bagues à chaque doigt, des tas de bracelets autour des poignets, et puis elle chantait avec une voix qui cite au mangeola. Elle avait des yeux, des yeux d'opale, qui me fascinaient, qui me fascinaient. Il y avait le bas de son visage pâle, de femme fatale qui me fut fatale, de femme fatale qui me fut. Yes, you yeah. can. Huh? Pretty, pretty simple choice for me this week. I've listened to. Uh, the album Untitled Rise by Salt because mm-hmm. they got nominated for a Mercury mm-hmm. Prize yeah yeah um, I've listened to it a few times on rotation and it's so good I think it's good right so good so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I had it on whilst I was working it just finished played again finished played again and just had it on constantly really and uh, the the track three is the one I chose but I could I had like four or five I was really tossing up but really cool yeah, but three is one for me and It'd be a biased, a biased opinion, but I would now, I would now love to see him win it because I've listened to it so much and I've kind of a, attached myself to it. Gotcha. Obviously, there's lots of great nominations, but I really like to see those guys win it. Yeah. So yeah, that's my choice. Nice. I'm real. So, we've got a couple more. I kind of wanted to bring a couple of ideas of the more maximal approach to recording, but also being like lo-fi and DIY in itself. And so this one is a song called Hey Moon by John Mouse. Like Now, John Mouse is just like a legend, pure maverick. Everybody should be fully aware of this homo sapien in the in the universe kind of thing like um but hey moon is just one of the most beautifully understated songs i've ever heard it's just you and me tonight (laughs) (laughs) right on dude absolutely um the the track is beautiful and super lo-fi but has this kind of whirlwind of a kind of whimsy to it that really is accentuated by the pure brilliance of the lyrics the it's got this sort of duet vocal which just makes loads of sense um i think it's a great idea of another song that anybody in their bedroom could make if you wanted to um hey moon john mouse 
back to you, Cooney. All right, cool. So I've got a couple more now. Yeah. Um, so before I do my last one, which uh, they're in no order of um, appreciation. So I wanted to do like an actual contemporary one because everything of this has been kind of either in like a while back or a, a good wedge of time. So there's a an artist called Anna Roxanne and they've got a uh, an album that came out last year and this is a song called Sweet Poor Low Invisible. Um, it's one of the most beautiful slabs of ambient understanding. The bass line on it is just insanely cool and everything that this person has done I've been a massive fan of and then this last album has just been another next level step up in terms of just bringing a kind of sense of bedroom production into a genre which kind of because ambient music can be made by anyone with a computer like it's really a very useful kind of idea of how to make sounds up but Anna Roxanne makes really good use of like the kind of like the, the simple fundamental tools of what makes up an ambient track the voice is incredible. The bass line is incredible. Um, this is a tune. Fly out tune. So good at selling the tunes. Ah, oh, thanks, Chef. Shopkeeper, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it, dude. And last tune, right? I thought I'd go for an absolute classic in my terms of what an absolute classic is. And so it's The Minutemen, um, one of the greatest ever bands that's ever existed. This is a song called The Anchor off of the album What Makes a Man Start a Fire. Um, it is just the greatest tune. And again, the bass line in it is next level coolness it's so simple but absolutely awesome um the, the yeah if 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 you uh, if you're not aware of the minutemen go and listen to the minutemen right now because they are fundamentally one of the most interesting bands that ever came out of the first wave of american punk scene um they have a great documentary called We Jamakono, which is basically just the bass player Mike Watt driving around in a van talking about the band and it's one of the most interesting things I've ever seen. Um, I love this band more than life itself. And the anchor is one of the greatest things that we've ever all come up with. And you're part of that. Every single person has made the anchor, just like we all have. And so, yes, this is the anchor, the minimum. Absolutely. Right, attack and defend, sale, sale. Off the second album, it is incredible. Everybody just enjoy, listen to it, put it on, 
get your headphones on, enjoy life. <laughs> Castle, what are you playing? Solo, it's solo, solo, and then we're playing oh, the two weeks after the Singleton Park at the uh, festival called Aradeg in Bethesda, and that's with Gweno and Griffries. Unreal, oh, Griffries, nice, nice, sick. Well, thanks for coming on, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. Our pleasure. Yeah, it has. It has been our pleasure. Yeah. One, two. Thank you very much for joining us in episode 17 of the LES. This week we had Curly on. Go check out his music, Islet, on Spotify. In the meantime, if you want to check out our stuff, the website is www.thels.co.uk and the Instagram is at the.l.s. From there you'll find the playlist choices and photos from the episode. Sit down and soak it up.